A squint at a map could very easily lead one to conclude that protecting Australia from predation is no great challenge. Australia is a vast remote island only really approachable from the north where there are formidable natural defences in the shape of fathomless deserts and impenetrable rainforests. Invading would be like trying to subdue Afghanistan and Vietnam at the same time, only with more spiders. Fear of invasion has nevertheless been a recurrent motif of Australia's modern history. A nervous sublimation, possibly, of the fact that Australia's modern history began with invasion by the United Kingdom in 1788. During the 19th century, fears of invasion by Russia, Germany, France or pretty much whoever were occasionally thought sufficient to warrant the hasty erection of fortifications. During the 20th century, specifically during World War II, Japan actually had a pop, bombing Broome, Darwin and other northern conurbations from the air and attacking Sydney and Newcastle with midget submarines. The Japanese know these waters well. In peacetime their ships could come and go as they pleased. Many of them were manned by officers who we now know were officers of their fighting navy, sent for espionage. It's infuriating to think how they were allowed to come as friends and do their work as enemies. Perhaps some of those boys were among the crews of the two-man submarines which did the job. But Japan's land forces never got closer than Papua New Guinea. At the risk of undermining the theme thus established, Australia's new Defence Strategic Review, released this week, is pretty relaxed about any prospect of marauders from abroad sending armoured divisions thundering down the Stuart Highway from Darwin to Adelaide, or their landing craft storming Bondi and Narrabeen. But the review, written by former Defence Minister Stephen Smith and former Australian Defence Force Chief, Air Chief Marshal Sir Angus Houston, is bracingly clear that there are other dangers. The threat, it says, of the use of military force or coercion against Australia does not require invasion. The review is also unabashed about naming the threat, noting that China's military build-up is, quote, the largest and most ambitious by any country since the end of World War II, unquote, and that China's throwing around of its considerable weight in the South China Sea, quote, threatens the global rules-based order in the Indo-Pacific in a way that adversely affects Australia's national interests, unquote. None of which descends from a clear blue sky, Australia's relationship with China has become increasingly fractious in recent years, descending from a reasonably harmonious peak during the Prime Ministership of Chinese-speaking Sinophile Kevin Rudd around 2007 to 2010. While we're up this way, episode 439 of The Foreign Desk is an extended conversation with Rudd about how Australia and its allies can avoid conflict with China. And you can listen to that just as soon as you're done listening to this. And Australia has been worried about China almost as long as Australia has been Australia. The Chinese who began arriving in Australia in noticeable numbers during the gold rushes of the middle of the 19th century were greeted with suspicion if they were lucky. There were full-scale anti-Chinese pogroms on the gold fields of the Buckland Valley in Victoria in 1857 and at Lamming Flat in New South Wales in 1861. 
Australian newspapers and current affairs periodicals indulged in regular China baiting. Fear of China was in part a catalyst for the federation of the original Australian colonies into a commonwealth in 1901. Do you think that other people from other countries should be allowed to live in Australia? I don't really think so because there are too many people from other countries and soon one country from another country will probably invade us. The white Australia immigration policies, not fully phased out until 1973, were boldly targeted at Chinese people, and Australia was a somewhat hesitant recogniser of the People's Republic of China, waiting more than a year after the United Nations recognised it in 1971. According to an Australia Institute poll as recently as 2021, fully 42% of Australians profess fear of Chinese invasion. To put that in perspective, the same poll only found 51% expressing the same concern in actual Taiwan. Australians do respond to their media and that the more the media talk up a problem, the more Australians respond to it. And the second reason is that the Taiwanese people actually understand China and they have exposure to the 3,000 years of China's social, political and economic development. However, while Australia's past worries about China may have been paranoid, this does not mean that Australia's current caution is not prudent. Things, as the review notes, have changed. The United States is no longer militarily dominant in the Indo-Pacific and as the election of Donald Trump demonstrated, could conceivably retreat into sullen isolation. I am going to issue our notification of intent to withdraw from the Trans-Pacific Partnership, a potential disaster for our country. So Australia, as the review sees it, needs to be able to hit harder and further and independently. We have arrived, it warns, at the Missile Age, in response to which Australia must be able to project force hundreds of kilometres from its own shores, and must be able to do so with weapons it can build itself. Part of the not inconsiderable cost of this new homegrown missile capacity will be raised by dramatically scaling back planned purchases of new infantry fighting vehicles and self-propelled howitzers. The message is not difficult to decipher. Australia wants to keep adversaries at a distance. It is difficult to believe that it is a coincidence that this review has been dropped the same week that Australia and New Zealand observe Anzac Day, which commemorates with due patriotic melancholy the sacrifices made by the militaries of both countries. And while we're plugging other Monocle Radio stuff, you can learn more about Anzac Day from the On This Day feature on the Monocle Daily of April 25th. Australia needs people to rally round the flag literally as well as spiritually. Amid concerns about lagging troop numbers, the Australian Defence Force has embarked upon its biggest ever peacetime recruitment drive. While it must of course be primarily hoped that this does have the effect of swelling the ADF's ranks to the desired strength, we can also perhaps wistfully anticipate advertising which will rise to the heights laconically commanded by this early 1980s spot for the Royal Australian Navy. You'll be wet, you'll be homesick and frightened, but the pride of the fleet will be you. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller. Say goodbye.